Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to an episode of what well, we haven't had one of these in a long time. It's a Steelers one-on-one Gosh, well before we started doing seven shows a day and before we really had our YouTube channel supplanted as a main platform for us, I used to do a show called Steelers One-on-One where I would bring in a guest and we would talk and we would just hash out some ideas. And today I have a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine, Mr. Danny Wren. Danny, go ahead and introduce yourself before I give the background on our relationship. Go ahead. Well, hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm Danny Wren. First thing, probably the most important thing, I'm not a Steeler fan. So let's just get that out there. (laughs) But uh, no, me and Jeff, heck, we've known each other for 13 years and we've always enjoyed talking sports and I'm honored to be here today. Yeah, so Danny and I used to work together and believe it or not, he is the person that got me into podcasting. (laughs) And there's a lot of people, we used to work and we'd sit there in our offices and be like, man, I, we love sports talk radio. And we said, why don't we just start a podcast? And so we started our own podcast called the extra point show. It was not specifically geared to any one team. We just talked about the national football league. We loved it. And uh, that kind of grew. And then Danny moved on in his career. And I've, took the took my career in a different direction because he was on to bigger and better things in his career. So I started uh, Steelers podcast and Steelers website, and it's led me here to be the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. But Danny is actually a Miami Dolphins fan. Now, Danny, why don't you go yeah. and tell the listeners how in the heck did a guy that lives in Maryland become a Miami Dolphins fan? Well, you know, I became a Dolphins fan back in the early 90s. You know, I, I was around 10, 11 years old. And at that time, of course, there were no Ravens around here. So every week, the NBC national broadcast would normally be the Dolphins. And that's when I started to watch a guy named Dan Marino. And right off the bat, he became my favorite player. And so right around 1992, you know, it it was when I really became a diehard Miami Dolphins fan and have never looked back since. It's been hard these past few years, this past decade. uh, But I've stuck with them and uh, I always will. But this is something that uh, once this, you know, let's flash back to 2019, week two, the Seattle Seahawks go to Heinz Field to play the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger blows his elbow out. And little did anyone know, and I wrote this article for the website and I got laughed at for writing it. There were rumors about Minka Fitzpatrick being traded. And I said, could the Steelers be a player for this guy? And everyone said, no, you're nuts. There's no way. Next thing you know, prior to week three, the trade is made. Now, right when this happened and I saw that the Dolphins 
and the Steelers were doing business. I thought about you. You're the first guy I think of when anything Dolphins related comes up. What was your reaction when the deal went through? Minka Fitzpatrick is gone for a first round pick. Well, you got to remember at that time, there was still a lot of national speculation that the Dolphins are tanking. That was what everybody was saying. And so it was kind of painted in the Miami media that, you know, Minka wants out of here because he doesn't, you know, he sees this as a losing culture. He doesn't want anything to do with this franchise anymore. His mom was even on the local radio down there talking about, well, they're not using Minka the right way. He needs to play here or he needs to play there. They're not using him correctly. I'm going to tell you, Brian Flores is not going to put up with that kind of thing. And so at the time when they traded him, I actually was fine with it, especially when I saw they got a first round pick. If I have a guy that doesn't want to be here, I don't need him there. So I was actually fine with the trade and I'm even better with it now. Well, let me ask you this question because I've heard some speculation and you keep closer tabs on the Miami news than I do, but why would I even care? But anyways, um, is there truth to the fact that because Ben Roethlisberger had just hurt his elbow, that there were other other teams vying for Minka Fitzpatrick and they chose Pittsburgh because they were thinking this team's going to stink without their starting quarterback. We might get a top 10 pick. Now, obviously they rallied behind some name Mason Rudolph, Devlin Hodges. They are eight and eight. It's, it turns out to be the 18th overall pick. Is there some truth to that though? Well, there should be. I mean, that's who I was hoping that they were going to trade it to. Uh, you know, I, I was hoping that they were going to trade with the Steelers because at that time, to me, things did not look good in Pittsburgh. Um, so there's no question that the Dolphins were looking at, at the Steelers and maybe get an eight or nine, you know, uh, an eight or nine pick there in the draft. Uh, you know, there were a couple other teams involved, I think, in that. I, I can't really remember the other teams that maybe had talked to the Dolphins, um, but there's no question that they looked at Pittsburgh and said, hey, let's go ahead and swing this deal. We're going to get a get a, a, you know, a better pick out of it. No question about that. But so go back into what you said earlier. Minka Fitzpatrick has been a model citizen since coming to Pittsburgh. Now he's also had a massive amount of success. He was an all pro player, pro bowler um, since he came on board and they thrust him into the starting lineup week three, when they went to San Francisco to play the 49ers and he uh, had two, he caused a fumble and then he had an interception in the same game. I remember he had, he, I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah. He's he's been lights out for Pittsburgh, and he's been everything that is expected, and then some. What was the issue down in Miami? Because there's conflicting reports. He has never. Let me just say this before you talk. He has never come out and said there was one reason or the other why he left. And I think he's trying to cover his bases and not ruffle too many feathers. But what was your take on on what went wrong in Miami? Because this guy's a top tier talent. Okay, couple things. One, Brian Flores was asking him to do something specific. He he was asking him to play a specific role in the defense, and that meant moving around, playing in diff on different parts of the field, uh, playing in even different positions, even coming up and playing a little linebacker at times. And I don't think Minka Fitzpatrick wanted anything to do with that. Then he, I believe that he was kind of listening into the national media a little bit that this team is tanking, this culture is terrible, and he wanted out of there. Now. Believe me, he was always a model citizen, and he made big plays for the Dolphins. I remember week 15 of the 2018 season in Minnesota. He picked a pass off and took it to the house and kind of changed that game. They were going to lose that game, but it was, you know, you could start to see that he could do some big things. But the minute that he started complaining, I knew that Brian Flores wasn't going to tolerate that. 
So I just think that Minka, I think the main reason is he did not see, I, I, I don't think he was buying into what Flores was selling. I think that's what the, I think that's what it was. And as soon as you make it vocal that you want out of somewhere, I don't know. I think it's sometimes kind of hard to hold on to that person, especially a guy, an elite player like Minka. Now, a lot of Dolphins fans and media wanted Flores to make it work, and they even criticized him that he wasn't able to make it work with what we thought was going to be an elite player, a first-round pick. Uh, but, you know, I think Minka made it clear that I don't want to play here, and Flores made it happen and got him out of there. I think that's it. I, I tell you what, I mean, it it just it was just so strange because, like I said, Minka Fitzpatrick on from I would say that most NFL teams, most NFL fans that pay attention would consider him to be, um, like I said, a top tier talent. I mean, he was an All Pro player last year. You can't deny that. It's not Pro Bowl stuff. Pro Bowl, you know, that's fan voting and all yeah. that. All Pro is a different story. So Flores, how many years has he been the coach? This is second. He's going into his third year. No, 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 no. He's going into his second year. Going into oh, his second okay. year. Going into his second year. And, you know, me, I'm I'm all on board with the guy. And I think that, you know, you're seeing a lot of free agents now coming to Miami. Go back to week 17 last year when the Dolphins go into New England and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. And I think all of a sudden the narrative is starting to change on Brian Flores and the kind of head coach he is. Well, because they've accrued a ridiculous amount of, of draft capital so far yep. this year. Are you comfortable with all that capital? And because to me, let's be honest, the AFC East is, is up for grabs. I mean, Tom Brady's yep. gone. No one, no one knows who's, I guess you would say the bills are the front runner now, but I mean, as a Dolphins fan, you've got to like where they sit looking at, at the upcoming draft, right? I love where they sit. And what I love about what they just did in free agency is there was no like big name hall. I mean, yeah, they got Byron Jones, uh, which I thought was a pretty big deal. That's Some a good pick. Criticized it. Yeah. I thought it was a good deal. They got Kyle Vinoy uh, from the Patriots and added in a few other players. Um, Shaq Lawson from the Bills, a guy that comes off the edge a little bit. I was, but, but didn't like break the bank for any of these guys. So you remember a couple years ago when they bring in Indomitian Sue. <laughs> You know, it wasn't anything like that. <laughs> now, I never had a problem with Sue. I, I thought he got criticized a lot, but I actually thought he played well for the Dolphins, maybe not up to the to the level we thought he would. But uh, as far as the direction going forward, this is the most optimistic I've been about the Dolphins in a long time. And you know that normally I'm pessimistic. Very. <laughs> you know that. So I'm very optimistic going forward. Now they've got to hit, they've got to hit this draft. And it all starts with the quarterback, and they've got to focus on that. So who do you think they take? Well, there's one guy I want, and it's Tua Tungavailoa out of Alabama. That is the guy that I'm hoping comes down to Miami. I, I love him more than any quarterback in the draft, and I would love to see him put on the aqua and orange. You wouldn't – would you start him right away? No, well, he won't be able to. I, I don't. I, Health-wise, you don't think the hip, he's good enough to go? I don't know if he's ready for game action. Now there was video that came out just this past week of him moving around, moving around cones and throwing. That's a lot different than moving around 275 pound linebackers coming at you. Give the year to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hey, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick can, I mean, he can make this team a wildcard team. And I know people are probably out there laughing at me. Well, the expanded like playoffs said, makes it easier. That's exactly right. You go to seven teams that gives every team another chance to get in. 
And the AFC East is not exactly loaded. I, am I afraid of Sam Darnold? No. You know, am I afraid of Josh Allen? I'm absolutely not. And, you know, whoever New England brings in. This is a year where I'm not saying that the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl because they're not. But is 9-7, and seven, you know, 10-6, and six, is that in the realm of possibility? I think it is. Ten and six. Oh, woo. That's that's a bold prediction right there. <laughs> well, look at the division. I mean, no, no, don't I, don't get me wrong. Who, who are you paired up with this year? What divisions? Oh man, yeah, let me see. I always putting know you, this. You know I, mean. know. I know. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> years in advance. Let's see. We play the NFC South. Okay. We play the NFC South. All right. So Carolina is a win. Atlanta could go either way. You know, Saints would be tough. No, wait a minute. Is it the NFC? Uh, maybe it's the NFC West, actually. I'm sorry. It's the NFC West. I'm that sorry. makes it a lot tougher. It, that makes it a lot, lot, lot tougher. It's the NFC West this year. But if you can find a way to go two and two there. And then in the AFC, let's see, we played the North last year. We played the North last year. AFC East yep. and AFC North prepared last year. And this year it's the AFC West. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's going to be tough as well. Nine and seven so sounds I'm, a lot more realistic. I'll take it, I, but nine and seven would be great. You come off a year where you went five and eleven, and if you find a way to get to nine and seven, you're going to be in the hunt. And that's all. As a fan, that's all I ever want—just be in the hunt, especially with the Dolphins. Because I mean, what else have I had to look forward to? Well, I hope Steeler fans are listening because they're the the Steeler fans. Maybe maybe second only to the Patriots are some of the most spoiled fans you'll ever meet. And most that are at least honest with themselves will say that if you were to tell them what you just said, Hey, I we're just in the mix. We're happy. They would say what? No Super Bowl yeah. or bus. Now I do want to yeah. bring a full circle. And for those that are just joining us live on YouTube, this is my friend, Danny Wren. We used to work together. We were the, he's the one that got me into podcasting. Lance Williams will tell you it was him. It wasn't, uh, we used to do a show <laughs> together. He's a dolphins fan. And if there's one thing about Danny that you need to know, it is that he does not like the Steelers at all. And I would say that he he hates them, and he's never liked Ben Roethlisberger. No. But I've got to ask you what your thoughts are on the Steelers with their defense vastly improved when you think about going up and getting Devin Bush last year from Michigan, getting Minka Fitzpatrick, which we started the show off with, uh, Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson was such a good acquisition for that team at cornerback last year. And they just have a bunch of first and second round picks riddled throughout the rest of that. Uh, you know, TJ Watt. Oh my gosh, how did I forget him? What are your thoughts yeah. on the Steelers going into 2020? I know a lot hinges on the elbow of number seven, but just your general take, because I trust and value your input. Well, I will say this. I mean, if I'm the Steelers, I mean, aren't they possibly targeting a quarterback in this draft? I, mean, I don't think so because they don't have a first round pick. You know that. And so what, I, I mean, let's be honest, the best quarterback, and I use that term loosely because he played in the big 12, which has no defense at all. That could possibly be there at set in the second round that you would value high enough is Jalen hurts. And do you really want to take Jalen hurts? He was the guy I was going to suggest. I mean, I could see Mike Tomlin bringing in a guy like Jalen hurts, learn from Roethlisberger for the next year or two or, or however Ben plays. I mean, I can't see him playing much more than two or three years myself. I but agree. I mean, to me, that's the perfect, that's the perfect guy to bring in. And it's just funny that you say that because that's who I was going to mention. Um, but as far as my perspective on the Steelers, I'll go back to last year. And you know, I've never been a huge Mike Tomlin supporter. No. You know, you, you know that. Yes. I thought he did the best job of his career last year. Um, 
and I know down the stretch they kind of fizzled a little bit. I think at one point they were weren't they eight and five at one point. Yeah, they were sitting pretty. They they were they were looking at a playoff spot. They they certainly were. Uh, and then I remember that that Sunday night game in Buffalo. That was a tough game to, to lose. Or was that was that in Pittsburgh? I believe that, that was in Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh. It was Sunday night. It was flexed yeah. to Sunday night. Yeah. Right. That that's right. But I mean, I I just think Mike Tomlin showed the kind of coach he is to get that squad to eight and five uh, with the way they were decimated with a couple key injuries. I I mean, I thought he did a, a, an excellent job. The Steelers, you you know, as much as I hate to say this, they're always there. I mean, every year, you know, they're going to be in the running to be in a playoff spot and contend for the division and contend for the Super Bowl. Now, it hasn't worked out here recently, but that defense has a chance to be pretty scary, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Offensively, you know, I, they got some weapons. I, I, you know, some weapons. I think that they kind of need to add a couple here or there, maybe in the draft myself. Um, but anytime you have number seven back there, you have a chance to win, as much as I hate to say that. And just so everybody knows, I hate the Ravens just as much as I hate the Steelers. I can't this is true. one of these. Two. This is true. Um, and, you know, I, I, people will hate me for saying this, but Ravens fans and Steelers fans are the most similar type of fans that I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, they, are, they are mirror images of each other. They just wear different colors. But going into this year, Pittsburgh's got a chance. They, they got a chance to win the division. I mean, Baltimore's going to be good again. Pittsburgh should be right there. You know, I'll admit that. You like history and these little quirky facts. Here's one for you. Since they redid the divisions and the AFC North became a division, no team has ever won the division three years in a row. The Steelers, I'm sorry, the Ravens have won it the last two. Just so you know, just say, just, I know you like those little tidbits. There you go. There's one for you. I, I absolutely like those little tidbits. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Baltimore's going to be tough again this year. And yeah, and all, no, they're going to be good. And and I would think that Cleveland will improve. Don't they have to? I mean, they they, they don't have a quarterback. Back. I'm not a believer in Baker Mayfield at all. You can't well, watch what he's about. done the first two years and say yes, he, he had weapons last year, and he yeah. did nothing. Yeah, but I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. I mean, I, I I've seen him make some plays. I think there's talent there. I, I mean, if you're the Browns, you can't give up on him. You took him number one in what the 2018 draft. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm not, not saying they give up, up on him. I just don't think he's the long-term answer at the position. Yeah, I don't know. I need another year or two or three to, to really see. I just I think they'll be improved. That, that's all I'll say about them. Bengals, I, they knows? suck. They suck. But <laughs> let's it, you know. But there's actually talk. There's actually talk that Miami could be interested in trying to get up there and get Joe Burrow. And I'm like, why? Sit where you are. Get to a, you'll be just fine. Let the Bengals take Burrow and, you know, and bungle his career. Well, let me ask, happened. let me ask you this. Go back to 2000, maybe, and I, I'm not a college football guy. I, I just, I don't have time. I, I don't know how closely yeah. you follow it now compared to when we used to work together. I had never even right. heard of Joe Burrow until 2019. Me neither. Me neither. I, had no, I didn't know who he was. And he he was at Ohio State, and then transfers to LSU. Why wasn't he so good at? Why wasn't he good enough to play for Ohio State? And then he goes to LSU, has one of the greatest college football seasons ever in terms of stats, and then finishing it off with a national championship, which he played tremendous. I mean, there's a little bit of head pause there for me. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. He reminds me of like a Sam Darnold, though. You know, I well, I wouldn't even say good then. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, Sam Darnold has potential, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And a lot of people that watch... (laughs) Then then mononucleus is set in. (laughs) Before we move on, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Here's the thing about Sam Darnold. Uh, You know, Jets fans were very high on him coming in, but to me, he gets rattled way too much in the pocket. But now... With Joe Burrow, and we'll, we'll kind of go back to him a little bit. With, with Burrow, I totally agree with you. And that's why, personally, I like Tua more than I like Burrow because I've seen him do it longer than I saw Burrow do it. But you are right. If Burrow was this superstar, you know, he sure did have a lot of trouble getting on the field at Ohio State, like you mentioned. And I, I agree with you. To, go, to put a number one pick and take a guy number one, and you've only seen, what, 13 games, uh, you know, really, they, I don't know. That's a lot to invest. And he also has small hands. Keep that in mind. Too. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so there's a question. True. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the, no, what what we doing? I don't know. I mean, that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. We had a little delay on the feed, I guess. Go ahead. That's okay. So right now on YouTube is our live chat. And so there's people, we have over 40 people there and they're watching on a Saturday afternoon, probably in coronavirus quarantine. And someone asked the question as a Dolphins fan, what do you think Minka Fitzpatrick's ceiling is? Because let's be honest, he's only going into his third year in the NFL. And he has, like I said, all pro, pro bowl. Those are very good individual accolades. If you were to try to, let's do it this way if you were to try to compare him to a safety in terms of he could potentially be like that, who would it be? I don't ever see him in the class of like a Troy Palomalu. If that's who you're thinking of, uh, you know, cause Troy would come up and support the run. And I don't think Minka does a very good job of that. My, my you know, and you've watched him this whole year. I don't think yeah. Minka was a guy that really liked to put his nose in there. Um, he wasn't afraid of it. He, he wasn't like a Deion Sanders. I didn't, I don't, I didn't say he was afraid, but I, I just know from watching him in Miami, he was not a guy that you really could rely on to come up and support, you know, and stop the run. I didn't see that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think he's going to get to that kind of level. Uh, I don't really know. I, I can't really think of a guy. I mean, do I like Minka? Yes. And I think he's going to be, I actually think he's going to fit better with the Steelers than he would have with the Dolphins, if that makes sense. He's going to have yeah. a better career there than I think maybe he would have in Miami just because of the way they they want to use him. So, I mean, if you're talking Pro Bowl, he should be a multiple-type player, in my opinion, because the best thing about him is he's always around the ball. Like, he just has a nose for the ball, and he's always there. That's why he gets, you know, has so many big plays is first game in Pittsburgh, didn't he run, you know, a fumble or an interception or something, that game in San Francisco. Um, yeah. You know, so he, he's just always around the ball. So he, he you know, Steeler fans are going to love him as he goes forward and as he continues to go and get better as a player. It, it, 
the reports are for the Steelers side of things is that he wants to be a little bit more of a joker type card in the defense next year. Meaning if you think about like Troy Palomalu, how he would never really be in the same spot. Um, he would always be kind of, let's call it what it is. He's kind of guessing as to where he thinks the ball is going to be. Um, yeah. He reminds me more of an Ed Reed than he does a Troy Palomalu. Yes. Well, okay. I was thinking Ed Reed, but I didn't want to bring his name up on a Steelers uh, show here. You know, <laughs> they, they might. Hey, Steel, Steeler fans might hate him, but you had to respect him. The guy was amazing. You had to respect him. And I want to go back to something that that you just said. You talked about Minka wanting to be like a joker. I've even heard him say maybe he wants to be kind of like a Swiss army knife. Mm -hmm. What makes me mad is that's how Brian Flores wanted to use him. That's what he wanted to do with him down in Miami. And he didn't want anything to do with that. So then I hear those comments and that sent Dolphins Twitter ablaze. I'll tell you that right now. They were like, what, what are you talking about? That's exactly what they wanted to do. And now you're going and saying this. So that's where he earned a lot of enemies in Miami when he started making comments like that. Well, let me kind of read between the lines here for you with those same comments, because in my opinion, um, when I read those, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you know more than me when it comes to what the Dolphins did. There were reports that Flores wanted him to be more of a slot cornerback than it was any type of deep safety. I think when he's talking about being a Joker type player or, you know, a Swiss army knife, it's not so much playing slot. It's having the freedom to kind of maneuver himself around like Troy did so much pre-snap. And it was really funny to hear Bill Cower and Troy Palomalu sitting in the same room because they're both getting inducted this summer and talking about how many times Bill Cower was freaking out before the snap. Like, Troy, what are you doing? But he always made it to the right spot. You think that's maybe what he's referring to and it was just kind of misconstrued? Honestly, I don't know what he's referring to. <laughs> it didn't make sense when he said that. I, I, I'm serious about that. I, I think it all goes back to he saw the writing on the wall in Miami. He saw that it might be a tough year, and it was a tough year, and I just think he, he wanted out of that. Um, you know, and, and then maybe he blamed uh, you know, Flores wanting him to play multiple positions or slot corner or something like that. The, problem, the thing is he's a good slot corner. He's actually a very good cover guy. Uh, yeah. If you watch him, you know, in my opinion. So I just think that he started buying into the narrative that this was going to be a tank season and this is a, a losing culture. I mean, you had people, you, you know, you had people on uh, like Get Up and Mike Greenberg, who's an idiot, saying that, you know, the, the, the you know, saying that the, what the Dolphins were doing was despicable and all this kind of stuff. You know, like he knows he, he had no idea. And so I was I was one of the fans that. You know, I wanted them to win. I, I, I don't ever root for losing. I always want to win. So when they started winning games later on in the year and kind of proved that they weren't exactly tanking, you know, just as a Dolphins fan, I was so happy to see that. So, you know, now, you know, a lot of Dolphins fans want to kind of throw things at Minka on Twitter and things like that. To me, let's just let that go. He's not a player on the Dolphins anymore. He's a player for the Steelers. You know, I wish him well. And the Steeler fans are happy to have him. I mean, my gosh, what a what a great addition he was. Yeah, that, well, and I think and, and the Dolphins and the Dolphins are happy to have that first round pick. So absolutely, I, I think everybody wanted that. Trade. Everybody wanted that trade. Right. I, I think the Dolphins, like you said earlier in the show, were hoping to have a higher pick, a top ten pick, and getting the 18th yeah, overall pick no is question. not a bad pick. But at the same time, no. Steeler fans are like, hey, we have a first round pick. It's just make a Fitzpatrick, and then we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yep. Yeah.
I, let's I go. I totally agree. And just just remember, just remember that the Dolphins could package that 18th pick with the fifth pick that they have. If they feel like they have to go up a slot or two, they may have to use that pick as a little bit of ammunition to get the quarterback they want. Absolutely. It's all draft capital, and we know that that can go a long way. And they have a lot of picks. How many overall picks do the Dolphins have? Do you know off the top I of your head? Four, I, I think 14. Shut up. 14 picks? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's no yeah. way. There's no way as a Dolphins fan, if I were sitting there, I don't want them to have more than 10 picks. I want them to be packaging stuff and moving up, moving back. You don't want 14 new players, do you? No, and, and I don't think there's any way they will actually make 14 picks in this draft. Uh, I think you will see them packaging picks together to, to move up if they have to. Um, it, it, I, I still think there's a possibility they'll trade up to get to make sure they get to a and then I think you'll see them wheeling and dealing as the draft goes on. So, no, they're not going to – I don't see them bringing 14 new players. Holy cow, 14 draft picks. My gosh, that's insane. Yeah. Let's go to well, – let's, let's remember. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But you got to remember they also got the – they also got, you know, the Houston uh, first-round pick. For Tunsil. This year and next year for Laramie Tunsil. I mean, so all throughout September, you know, they were wheeling and dealing and just accumulating picks – and, you know, now they have a lot of ammunition to be able to do with what do what they want. Old gas mask Tunsil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a good player. But I'll Great player. First rounders for him. Absolutely. Yeah, OK, absolutely. Let's we've talked about the Minka Fitzpatrick stuff and the Dolphin Steelers for about 30 minutes. And so let's shift gears a little bit for those that are. No, we love just talking about the NFL, just National Football League news. Yeah. And Danny and I used to sit in our office when we worked together and we would try to predict that first game of the season, that Thursday yeah. nighter, which I, how stupid was it in 2019 that they had bears Packers on Thursday night? I thought that was dumb. Well, I, I didn't mind it because it was the 100th season. But no one cares about bears Packers put, anymore. Do that on Sunday night and then have Thursday night be the big game. I, I was fine with it. It was kind of a tribute to to the tradition of the league. You don't have any. There's no rivalry that's older than Bears Packers. I, you know, I was fine with it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that that no one really, nobody gets into that rivalry anymore. But for for what they were trying to do, I was okay with it. So who do you think is going to be this year? Who are the Chiefs going to play? Well, that, that that's a great question. Uh, and I wish I had this. I wish I had the matchups here in front of me. You probably have it there. Who who is the AFC West paired up with? Let me look it up. Um, I know that they well the Ravens will be on the on the schedule because they're first place. It's a first but place I don't schedule. Think they go to Kansas City. I don't think they go to Kansas City. I think Kansas. Let me City look it up. Baltimore. Look that up. Okay. Would you go division rival? No. Do you want to see Denver? No. I mean. When I when they were talking about possibly Tom Brady going to the Chargers, then all of a sudden I was like, wow, wouldn't that be a nice Thursday nighter? But now that he signed with the Buccaneers, you know, I actually think Kansas City goes to Tampa Bay this year. Okay, here you sure go. The, you ready? Here yeah. are the teams that the Chiefs play at Arrowhead this year. The Atlanta Falcons, okay. the Carolina okay. Panthers, the Broncos, okay. obviously, Houston right. Texans. That's okay. one to write down. Um, the Raiders. Okay. Obviously, the Chargers. Obviously, this would have been a gimme, but without Tom Brady, the New England Patriots. They, like he said that they go to Kansas City this year, and then the New York Jets. 
Ugh. That's it. That, that's bad. That, that's slim pickings. You have to pick the, the Texans, right? You, you, I think you have to. But, you know, let me ask you this. Are the Texans thinking about – could they possibly be trading Deshaun Watson? Did you see all of that talk that these past couple weeks about him being very unhappy about Hopkins being traded? I would be unhappy too, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I would be unhappy, but, I mean, they can't trade him. He's their franchise quarterback. I, I, I mean, of course, you know, you want him to want to be there. And here I sat here talking for 30 minutes about Minka Fitzpatrick not wanting to be in Miami. But, my goodness, if they trade him, then then they really are deciding that they're going to tank. But as long as Deshaun Watson is there, then the Texans, yeah, Texans Chiefs, you almost have to go with that. Unless you go within the division. I mean, the Raiders, maybe they've made it. They've made some moves this offseason and you could do a divisional game. I don't think they like to do divisional games in week one. That's not true because the Steelers have played a bunch of divisional games to start the season. Yeah, but they normally don't do a division game on the first Thursday night of the year. I mean, man, I don't know when the last time they they did that. I remember the Giants, I believe they uh, hosted the Redskins back uh, Thursday night. That's been years and years ago. But I don't know when the last time a division game was in that opening Thursday night or they normally stay away from that. Because, I mean, even if you look at the NFC teams that are coming to town for the the Chiefs, you have the Atlanta Falcons. So, Matt Ryan, will they rebound and, and from seven and nine? I, that's not a sexy game. Carolina, if Cam Newton was Maybe. back, yes. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be a pushover, I don't think. But it's not – there's no sex appeal or juice, as we'll call it, no. to that game. No. Um, and then the Jets and the Patriots. The, the Patriots – now, here's the thing. Yeah. If the Patriots get – um if they were to somehow like get Cam Newton or they pick up Jameis Winston, yep. that changes yep. things. But you got to think, I mean, we're almost in April already, which is normally when the schedule is released. Is it, isn't it in April? Yeah, about the third week. So yeah, they normally release it about the, normally it's the week before the draft. They release it. That would be the third week. Yeah. Cause the, the drafts at the end of April this year. So for me, it's like, yeah. they've got to know that matchup already, you know, but we'll see. They, so you're picking. They should. Is your pick is the Texans in? Yeah, and you know what? I'm not even that excited about that person. That's um, not good. But but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I mean, normally, normally, yes, the Super Bowl champions open up on Thursday night. But who's to say the NFL doesn't change things up this year? I mean, we haven't heard that that's definitely going to be the opener. Who's to say the NFL looks at this and says, "Wow, we you know none of this is very good." and possibly moves the Chiefs to Sunday night like they did last year with New England. They put them on Sunday night, and they yep. put another game in, you know, to open the season. I mean, you know, who who knows? I, I, I've seen the NFL do some crazy things before. Yeah, you're right. And let me – you're an AFC East fan. Tom Brady going to the NFC, how big is that? I mean, he's a 42-year-old quarterback. It, it, it kind of reminds yeah. me back when, it, uh, you know, Brett Favre was still hanging around. He was still effective late in his career up until yeah. the end. Um, how big of a deal is it that Tom Brady is no longer in the AFC? Well, I'm happy. I, you know, I've had to, you know, witness him for 20 years, uh, you know, just be a thorn in the side of my favorite team. So I'm happy to get him out of the AFC. Uh, but, you know, do I think he's still going to be an effective player at 42 for the Bucks? Yes, I do. And I think he, you know, a lot of people might disagree. I think he turns the Buccaneers into a contender 
uh, down there in Tampa Bay. I think right now, if you try to predict the six teams in the playoffs or the seven teams in the playoffs in the NFC, they're going to be knocking on the door because he's just going to make them better and he's going to make everyone around him better. Um, so am I happy he's gone from the AFC? Yes, I am. As a Steeler fan, I would think you would be happy to Absolutely. see him gone too because, I mean, I looked it up just yesterday. I wanted to know when the last time the Steelers went into New England and beat the Patriots. I could tell you. And you know when it was? I could tell you. It was uh, okay. Brady didn't even play in that game. It was Matt Castle. That's it was correct. at a 2008. Yeah. And that was, that was the, boy, that was a bloodbath. 2008. They went in and crushed them. But I mean, the Steelers have never beat Tom Brady at home. That's, that's no. hard to, to believe. It, no, it, well, I mean, as a Steeler fan, it isn't. As a Steeler fan, it isn't based on the fact that they've so they've struggled so much in Foxborough, and Tom Brady is just always one step ahead, as I know you're familiar with. But I mean, I, I think that the landscape is changing, especially in the AFC. When you look at the young quarterbacks, we're talking about Deshaun Watson, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, we're talking about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Uh, it's it's definitely the old guard of Philip Rivers and Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger being ushered out as this new group ushers yep. in. Uh, what's your take on these mobile quarterbacks? Like Lamar Jackson, is that sustainable to you? Well, I mean, I'll echo what a lot of people say. You, you look at the way the Ravens built their offense, and I thought they did a tremendous job. They, they brought out all the good things in Lamar Jackson and kind of were able to kind of push aside the negative things. I mean, he came down there in week one in Miami. And, I mean, he looked like the best quarterback you've ever seen play. I mean, they yeah. ended up beating them 59 to 10. Uh, but then you saw what the Tennessee Titans did to him in the playoffs where they kind of, to me, it just seemed like they tried to keep him contained and make him beat you with his arm. And I'm not saying he's a, 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 a you know an ineffective passer of the football. I, I think he is pretty good. But when you can take, when you take that element of his game, you know, being able to scramble around and make plays and use your legs. When you take that away from him, you know, he becomes maybe an average to an above average passer, I would say. I don't think he's he's very inaccurate throwing the football. Yeah. If you want to watch a game where you saw you saw him make throws, you're like, what in the world? Go back and watch the game in week five in Pittsburgh, where went to overtime. Yeah. And honestly, if Juju Smith Schuster doesn't fumble. They probably beat that team, and that's with the the same game that Earl Thomas knocked out Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges came Remember. in. And I, there was one pass in particular where he was throwing a side out. I don't even know what he was looking at. Mike Hilton picks it off. It was probably the easiest interception of his life. Yep. <laughs> I just am not. I, mean, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on on Lamar Jackson as a thrower of the football. I think it's a scheme. It, it reminds me of the Wildcat. Eventually, the Wildcat. What? People figured it out. I mean, it's, he's a runner. He's a runner first. You got to be honest. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. No, I, I agree with you. I'm not going to go and say that he is going to, you know, 
phase out of the NFL like the Wildcat. I no, think. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's going too far as always. Uh, but of course, he's a Raven, so I know where you're coming from. Yeah, but I, that's where, and I know you hate John Harbaugh. Oh, I can't stand him. him. I, I know, but I do give him credit for the way that they built that team around Lamar Jackson because you figure he kind of realized, as you do, that this is not a guy that we can ask to drop back and throw 40 to 45 times. If we're going to win with this guy, then we have to kind of build a package around him. So I give credit to the Ravens for doing that, you know, even though I can't stand him. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. But let's I want to get your thoughts on the new playoff format, because that's rolling out this year. And then next season is when we're going to have an extra regular season game. So I I don't know how many times on podcasts I'm going to say, but they'll probably finish eight and eight and realize that there's not going to be an eight and eight anymore. There's not going to be any 500 anymore. What's your thought, though, on this year? The playoffs what does this mean for like schedule makers and things like that what's your take on that well if you're talking about the extra playoff team i love it and i you know a lot of fans are out there you know leave it how it is why are we you know changing things around to me anything that gives your team a little bit more of a chance to make the postseason i mean i'm all about that and of course that's coming from the perspective of a guy whose team, you know, has only been in the playoffs twice in the last 12 years in the Dolphins. So, you know, to me, I love the fact that there's going to be an extra slot that, that, you know, is there for the taking. And I also like the fact that only the number one seed will get the buy. I, to me, that's going to ensure that there's more competitive games down the stretch. And that number one seed is going to be more valuable than it ever has been. So, I, I like it. I like the setup. I have no problem with seven teams. And I think it's just going to make, I don't, I think it's going to be more exciting as we go down the stretch, you know, as if the NFL isn't already exciting enough. Well, it's just like when the proposed changes to the baseball playoffs, we, I know we texted each other and other than yeah. a team getting to choose who they play, I'm all for it because look, I'm a pirates fan. You're an Orioles fan. If yeah. we both know that our teams are awful. All right. But if you were to say that, Come, you know, post post all-star game break, your team is still vying for a spot, you're gonna be invested and you're gonna be paying attention. Whereas if it stays the way it is, I'm not invested anymore. I'll still track the team, I'll still know if they won or lost. It's it's different. It's really different. I think the more teams in, the better that the better it is, even in the NFL, which is tops in our country when it comes to popularity, you know. So It'll be, I think it's going to be good for the game ultimately. What are your thoughts on 17 games? You like it or not? Well, again, I my sentiments are kind of similar to, to, to what I feel about the playoffs. I mean, again, you have all these fans that are saying, Why are they doing this? They're going to ruin the game. I mean, are you serious? I mean, that that's ridiculous. You, people are going to watch the NFL. I don't care if they play 24 games. You know what I'm saying? Like, people would watch, not that they would ever do that. But people are going to watch. And after this 17-game schedule has been kind of in for a couple seasons, it's going to be like we never didn't have it. You know what I mean? It's just going to become part of the fabric of the NFL. It's an extra NFL game to watch. Why would we complain about that? You know, that's kind of the way I feel. And I think that – and I always give credit to the NFL because I think they get very creative with the way they do the scheduling and things like that. 
And I think they will with this. I mean, whether it's an international game or, or, or whatever, or if you build in some of those natural rivalry games every year, they have a chance to really make this something uh, that, that's great for the fans. And, and you know, I, I'm fine with the 17-game schedule. One more game. Heck, let's get the Super Bowl to President's Day weekend where we don't have to yes. work the day after. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. And, and I think they're trying to do that. I think they're trying to get to that eventually. I think so too. I mean, but you talk about like the 17th game being a, I think they won a lot of neutral site games. I mean, how cool would it be to see the Steelers and Eagles playing at Penn state, or I'm trying to think who would the dolphins be? Would it be Tampa Bay or Jacksonville? Well, yeah, I mean, it, or whoever, but yeah, you, you have uh, the, yeah, it'd be one of those teams, but you know, dolphins, Tampa Bay and, and play it there in Orlando or something like that. They played there before in, in an exhibition game. Um, you know, could you imagine, uh, I'm just trying to think of some other natural rivalries, but, uh, you know, you could play at some of these legendary college stadiums, go up and play at yeah. Notre Dame stadium, you know, have the Packers and bears play there or something like that. The I big mean, house, go to the big house. Yeah. 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 There's a Detroit that have the lions play there, you know, at the big house in Michigan. I mean, there's so many cool things that could happen with this. I mean, I'm definitely a fan of it. I got to ask the question because let's be honest right now, our, we are, uh, globally in this crazy time of pandemic hysteria, it, the whole sports world is on hold. Um, yeah. What do you think is going to happen with the, like, do you think this is going to impact the NFL? And I don't, I don't want to get into your medical diagnosis on the COVID-19, well, but I mean, I, <laughs> he's not a doctor to see, <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, you look at baseball. I mean, they're, they're in a tough spot right now because they're on hold. Their spring training was cut short. You can't just have pitchers go out and start pitching right away. They're going to have to build up their arm strength again. You look at the NBA and the NHL, and they're having issues with what are they going to do with their playoffs? And it, let's say they come back in May. And do they play games without fans? And just to get the games going again, I'm not expecting you to have the clear-cut answer, but what are your thoughts on just sports in general right now? To me, and this is on a personal level, it's it's just it's and I'm not I'm not saying that sports are really that important when we talk about, you know, people dying and things like that, because they're not. And we all understand that. But since we're talking sports, that has been had the biggest effect, especially on my family. I mean, my boys are so into baseball and for this to happen. And I have, you know, 12 year old twin boys. This is their 12 year old year in Little League. So their last year in Little League and to have their season put on hold. Uh, and, and, you know, possibly not even playing. I mean, that has been really, really tough to take. And then you look at the national perspective. Um, I, I don't even know what's going to happen. I do know that baseball has, and they actually came to an agreement yesterday where they are willing to expand the season. I mean, there is even talk about playing the World Series at Christmas time. Oh, my and, gosh. How? How? But, but you know what? I, well, here's why. Here's how. You could play it in domes. You could play it in warm weather cities. So let's say, I mean, I hope this never happens, of course, because I hate the Yankees. But let's say if it was the, the, the Yankees playing the Chicago Cubs in the World Series. Well, maybe you could go down to Marlins Park and play that if you had to, because the, you know, the weather wouldn't be conducive in those cities. So what I like about what sports is doing right now is they, they are trying to come up with alternative plans to make sure that these seasons do happen. Um, 
So, you know, but like I said, it, it affects me on a personal level. But yes, it's affecting everybody because how terrible has it been these past few weeks to have to be working from home and you have no sports to look forward to? It's, it has been rough. Well, kudos to the kudos to the NFL for sticking with their schedule because they can. And some yeah. people have been saying like it's insensitive for them to. I don't think it's insensitive at all. If anything, it's a it's a welcome distraction from the chaos that is everyday life at this point in time. And the fact you know Roger Goodell came out and said we're going to keep the draft on the same date and times. We're not changing. Good. Try to get some yeah. sense of normalcy is not a bad thing. And even if it's not going to look the same, you know, there's not going to be any bro hugs with Roger Goodell on the, at the podium. You're not going to have players holding up jerseys or any, you're going to have the same interviews just via Skype or whatever they're using now, zoom, whatever. Um, you're going to have the same excitement from the fan base because you just got new players. I think this is awesome. I think it's really um, kudos to the NFL because they're the only ones that have the capability right now to keep going, to continue with things. Now, there's reports already that they're not going to be able to get their off-season workouts in. Mini camps, OTAs might get eliminated or pushed back. Uh, we'll see. I just hope there's a season. Uh, I just, I, but like you said, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up. It, this is the youth is all the way up to professionals. Like it's not just the, yeah, the it stinks that there's no NBA playoffs or NHL playoffs right now, but, uh, or what would be coming up, but there's kids out there that are stuck at home too. And they're like, man, I just wish I could go play ball or I wish I could go do this or that. It, it's, it's definitely as a trickle down. So I'm glad you brought that up. So, well, and can, can, can you, can you, and you used to coach high school sports. Can you imagine yeah. a senior right now? a senior getting ready to play their final year for their high school in their particular sport and not, you know, not being able to have that opportunity again. I know there's a lot of more important things in the world, yeah. but man, that to me, that's devastating. It's, it's just heartbreaking. No, I, I understand. I get, uh, I was talking to a colleague of mine in the County and he's a baseball coach and he is, man, I, I think I'm, I'm going to lose my season. I know that when I coached yeah. my, my prep for that spring season started in November or December. And so yeah. you're working and working and working and you're busting your butt and you're getting your players ready. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, if this would happen, boy, yeah. that would be a gut punch. Absolute gut punch. Yeah. So, well, uh, Danny, it's been a great show. I'm glad to have you on for the first time. He'll be back. I will, we'll do this again and talk about other stuff when it's my turn on the, for the Saturday show. Uh, anything else you want to say before we call it a call it a show? No, I'm just going to say that it was uh, glad to be back with you. I mean, it's been a long time since we were contemplating yeah. buying a radio station in Brunswick to try to, <laughs> to uh, put on a show. But uh, I'm just glad to be back with you. This was fun. Absolutely. And thanks for your time. As always, people that are watching live on YouTube, make sure you like this video. Give us a comment. Hit that uh, subscribe button notification. Set them up so that you never miss a show on audio platforms, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it, we're there. Even on Pandora, if you just search behind the steel curtain, you will see our podcast. You can check out our content there. This show on audio platform will be up tomorrow morning, so make sure you check it out. And as always, stay tuned tomorrow. The Homer and the Hater Show will be probably about the same time on the East Coast. We'll see you then. If not, take it easy, everyone.